Come on this shtetl Middle East carpet ride and hear from dancers, singers, and painters about culture, the klezmer messiah, life in a Gaza border town, the healing power of hemorrhoid cream, the love-hate relationship between Turkey and Israel, and of course, lots of great music. You can download this or past episodes of Shtetl on the Shortwave from iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. Welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. I'm your host, Tamara Kramer, and on this episode of Shtetl, we're traveling all around to hear diverse perspectives and sounds from the Middle East. A mishmash of culture makers talk about what they love, where they're from, and what they do. We'll hear from dancer and choreographer Aharona Israel about Marathon, a dance piece she's bringing to Montreal. Avram Burstein, the ultra-Orthodox man dedicated to a klezmer revolution that starts in a Jerusalem basement, and find out about Soundports, a music festival that simultaneously took place in Istanbul and Tel Aviv last week. But first, we're going to spend some time with the funny, smart, and successful artist, Joseph Dadun. I interviewed him in his studio in South Tel Aviv, and in his lovely accent, he shares his perspective on life in Israel, on being an artist here, and on a very quirky piece of art currently on display at Bibliologia, an exhibit at the Petach Tikva Museum, all about the intersection of the body and the book. This is French-Israeli visual artist Joseph Dadoun. Where here the studio is located in the south of Tel Aviv. Uh, the back of my studio is all the Eritrean refugees living there and also the, all the prostitute uh, area. And this area are very, very close to the Rothschild Boulevard, the bourgeois and, uh, you know, the very chic uh, Israeli boulevard. It's five minutes. And here, it's amazing in that country how we are close. Like, for example, Tel Aviv is one hour from Gaza and uh, one hour, hour and a half from Jordany. And uh, Syria, it's two hours from Tel Aviv. So in one hour, you are in the different uh, landscape and political landscape, spiritual landscape, everything here is closed. And uh, it's actually here in our area is a conflict between the old, um, uh, you know, the old, old uh, Israeli living there, you know, from uh, for 20 or 13 years, because they said the Eritrean come here, but you know, in the night is, is a little, for girls, it's, it's dangerous to come to that area. It's a problem. So they said, what, why, the, why they are not in the north, in the bourgeois place? So it's a lot of conflict. 
uh, and they are, uh, you know, it's they, they, you know, if we are, if you walk here five minutes from here, we are like in China or in Africa. But I think Israel is that too. Is Israel is not what we are dreaming in the Bible, and second, the Bible was not a, a white book, as we people today think. I was born in Nice, and uh, when I was uh, six years old, uh, my mother did uh, Aliyah, she came to Israel, and the immigration authorities uh, sent us to the desert, to the development town of Hakim. The, that town are uh, 26 kilometers from Gaza. It, it is uh, one of the three cities city are bombing by Gaza 50 years and um, that town it's all the factory in the 80s was closed all the textile and there a living uh, Jewish from uh, Tuni, uh, Maghreb um, or Jewish from Yemen Yemeni Jew Syrian Jew uh, Lebanese Jew uh, Iranian Jew uh, all the Jew coming from Middle East also Jew uh, from uh, Russia and also from uh, Georg Georgi Georgia and also 15 families Palestinian how do the Palestinian families end up there like Israeli Arab families no they are mashtap mashtap uh, is uh, they are Palestinian they they was working from the security and the army uh, for the information, like, uh, I don't know, the Shabak or... And then they cannot back to Gaza or the, in Palestine because they, they you know, they, they collaborated with uh, the Israeli. So they cannot live also in the... In, with is Arab-Israeli because they are, uh, you know, they are uh, Bogdim. They are... Um, they, they, they went against... Traitors? Yes. So then the, gov the army, Israeli army, uh, take care of them for all, forever. So this is the the, the, that town, development town, and actually is the most uh, poor town. Uh, also of Hakim, surrounding by military bases, a lot of military bases, and, and the desert. And uh, the desert, the desert, it's uh, about the void, it's about the connection with the universe, you know, the Torah born in the desert, not in the town. Um, sometimes I, more con I, 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 more, I found the idea of God in the desert than in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, you come in the old town and you see all the dealers, uh, the Jew, the, the Muslim, the Christian, they all sold you, you know, items made in China, cross made in China, uh, uh, David Starr mad in China, and you see all the politics and all that conflict. But when you are going to the desert, you, you find the space, you find the light, big horizon. So that is the second point about periphery. The periphery inside the desert. And the third point is how that periphery are borderline on, of the conflict. 
the people of Gaza and the people of Ofakim, Sderot and Etivot, suffering together. They are close. They are, uh, you know, they are very, very close each other. And they, they, they fight. And all the children in Gaza in Ofakim, they, they cannot be in the post-trauma. They are in trauma all the day. And inside that people, it's uh, people are, have, uh, they dream about peace one day. But the periphery, so this is the condition of the periphery. And it's for me, it was important, don't forget that place. In the periphery, I live with Bedouin. In Be'er Sheva, it's, uh, the town is uh, Arab-Israeli, Bedouin, and Israeli Jew. And we're living together, we share together. Also Gaza, the food comes from Israel to Gaza. Uh, the electricity comes from Israel, not from Egypt. So it's the people talking together. They are in touch. So that it's important about that uh, everyday life. And I think also about, uh, about the loneliness, about the com community. It's uh, so nice people, you know, imagine uh, 50 years ago, the government authorities take all that uh, or, um, uh, a Jew coming from Maghreb or, uh, or from Middle East and put them in the desert to live there. What is, wh what happened? What is that? To, to take people in the middle of the desert in one day to change our li their life and to wake up in, wake up in the morning uh, in the tent and to, to, to live there? What is that? Exactly. Right now, everybody's talking about the culture wars. What's happening with the, um, with the culture minister, uh, Miri Regev, and censorship, and they tried to ban a book, which didn't happen, but they tried. Uh, as an artist in Israel, do you feel that? I heard and I saw in the newspaper what happened, but I feel something start, uh, the people start to be, uh, to, they, they don't want to do something can be, we, I, I, I feel the censure. I don't know how to say the censure. You feel the censorship. I feel the censorship. But, you know, when I say censorship, it's not like a, a Russian uh, all the time, you know, URSS, uh, Lenin and Stalin and uh, Hitler. It's not about that level. But it's not the question what we have to do now for culture. The Israel have to continue to be free country for all, for the Palestinian and the Israeli and uh, everybody. This is the first point. And the Minister, minister of, of Culture, Miri Regev, she has to care about the cultural life of the Israeli and the Arab Israeli and the Jew Israeli, not to do censorship. It's very dangerous because today she starts with censorship and tomorrow we, we, we will find us to deal with the, the radicalism and it's very dangerous because what happened, the artists, they feel attacked and they are all the day thinking about that. And it's also part of destruction of culture because artists have to wake up in the morning and doing his art. He's not doing art for government. You know, I am also French citizen. I am not thinking to be French artists or Israeli artists. 
you cannot wake up in the morning without the question of identity. L why? Because the people ask you also. Also, if I decide not to be in identity issue, you will ask me, so what are you? What are you if you are not Israeli? Or what are you if you are not Palestinian? I can tell you an answer. We are human. So please let the artists do their work free. And because we are in the problem of, of, of conflict, I cannot uh, accept Palestinian artists don't speak about their pain. They, <laughs> of course, they speak about their pain. Why not? What, I can stop the people? Also, Israeli have our pain. We are a lot of death ar around us. I was grew up in the town, 14 years bombing by Gaza. I, we, went to the, we, we, we went to the shelter. So what? It's also my sensibility to speak about my pain. I think we have to, to have big space, but it's not easy to contain the pain of everybody. But this is very hard and I think maybe in, impossible. But what we can do, we, at, we are all born in the pain here. You know, the, the hope of the world about the dream, Jerusalem one day will be a big park, green, with uh, 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 olivier, the tree, olive tree. Uh, with uh, colombe blanche, uh, you know. Uh, like white doves. Yes. Peace doves. Peace doves. Uh, do you remember period like this in Jerusalem? Went. I, I hope, I, I really want uh, to believe about that dream. I don't know, maybe, I, it's, I don't know from where that uh, dream come. I think the, 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 the Switzerland, for me, is the holy land. <laughs> <laughs> Everything there, it's, it's green and nice, you know? Dadun's visual art includes video, painting, photography, installation art, and it touches on all the themes he just discussed. Here he describes a piece I recently saw an exhibit that first made me really laugh and then made me really curious. It was a photograph of a sacred Jewish text smeared with hemorrhoid cream. I had to come and ask him what it was really about. That piece is a little bit provocative and uh, it's a book of legend I found in Aix-les-Bains. Aix-les-Bains is a town in the uh, north of uh, France and is the place, it was, it, it, it was the castle and that castle was a gift by the, the British queen to, to her lover. It was Jew, just after the Shoah, something like that. In the place of Ecurie, the place of the... Um, um, the stable. Yes, the stable. You know, in Judaism, we cannot uh, take a spiritual book to the garbage. We have to put the book back to the land. Like bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was there cemetery of book in the stable of this castle yes. yes and it was jewish book old very old also in the when you put them on the cemetery every everybody can take them back too 
They're not dead. You can't never touch them again, but you just can't throw them out to the garbage. Yes, yes. You have to bury them. Yes. So I put, I take that book and I wanted to care of him. To I wanted, it, it, it was with, you know, all the um, insects, they, they, they eat the book, the, you know, the... Worms? Yes. So I put him on the oil, oil-leaf oil. I wanted to care of him to, because for me books, it's like body. You know, I live with books in my life. I sleep with them. I care of them. I, I look at them. They look at me. Uh, I have, uh, uh, you know, books. It's my life. It's uh, every time the people say yes with the tablet. No, we, we don't need book anymore. No, I am not agree with that. I need to have a book with paper to look at him. So it was the book of the legend, and I took him in Ofakim. And the end of the of the of the town is is a garbage mountain. Okay, wait, so you took this mythological Jewish old book from a castle in France to your periphery town of Hakim in the desert in Israel. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then I, uh, <coughs> I did uh, a performance and I take uh, a cream, 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 uh, and it's the medicine uh, uh, for um, hemorrhoid, I don't know, hemorrhoidal pro uh, problems, you know. Like a cream for hemorrhoids. Yes. Okay. And I put the, the cream of hemorrhoids on that book. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because the, sometimes the, the, you know, the fire of the, of the, 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 you know, the religious interdiction about sexuality, sexuality, it's many interdiction in the religion. So sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, it's give to you a moral It's uh, for me, literally, you know, the stress of the religion. So I decided to put on that the cream. And this is the photography of that specific uh, moment, Arshring the Petartikva Museum. And it's also about also homosexuality, you know, about the, the old, because it's a, uh, it's not matter if in Judaism or in Christianity. It's very, very uh, uh, heavy interdiction, you know. It's uh, so it the, the, that photography and that act. It's about that. And then after that, I put the book back to the land, and now is is staying is is there in Israel in the desert, in the <laughs> land. I don't know where, but is is there now. Okay, so you took the sacred book. Was there anything specific in the text? What did the text talk about? It's about the legend. Yalkuchim Oni is the book of the legend. Which it's legend? Of the Judaism, all the, all the time, all the legend about uh, the Solomon King and about... Uh, it's very mystical. It's, it's, it's magic. Yalkuchim Oni. And uh, did anybody uh, have a problem with the idea of you putting hemorrhoid cream on a sacred Jewish text? I have to say, in that show, I think everybody everybody w w w uh, went happy uh, to speak about also, not about the joy 
all the day to speak about the joy, but to speak about uh, about a keev, ce qui fait mal, what is uh, the pain? And I think the the circulation of uh, art, you have the joy and the pain, and and it it's some mix <coughs> of joy and pain, and about how to be free, and it's uh, is it's a way of life. And on the way, we need that cream. <laughs> you can check out Joseph Dadun's work at his website, josephdadun.net. Next, we're going to go to a basement in Jerusalem to meet Avram Burstein. But first, we'll take a musical break and check out a new song by Dudu Tassa and the Al-Kuwaitis featuring Riff Cohen. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Shtetl on CKUT 90.3 FM. On Saturday nights after Shabbat, it's traditional for some Jews to enjoy what's called a tish, where you sit at a rabbi's table and eat and sing Hasidic songs and probably get a little drunk too. Let's go meet Avram Burstein and check out his klezmer tish in Jerusalem. I'm Avram Burstein. I'm 44 years old, a father of five uh, children and one... Uh, Anikl, how I say that? A grandchild? Grandchild, yes. And the point in my life is to bring the really culture of klezmer and Yiddish and music and life from the last thousand years. And it's a lot of, of, of things I, I do and I have to do to build the, the, the revolution. Uh, first, I, I, I'm by myself study and, and, and listening a lot of, uh, of uh, was not, not CDs, you know how I say that the platte in Yiddish. Uh, records? Records in the... Vinyl. Vinyl, yes. And then when I was, was smelling some talents, young talents, I, I bring them into the, the world of the klezmer. Uh, I, I will show them the, the video, I will show them, the, I, I give them to listen to Giora Feidman and Gershon Kletzky and Dave Taras, the all the, and then they will try also to be like them. Wait, so you're saying that even in the ultra-Orthodox community, Klezmer is not uh, doing so well? Unfortunately, yes. It's, it's, but in the, in the last 10 years, it's come back because of the big, big talents that 15 and 20 years ago, I smell it. I was smelling that they, they, they have it. And one is my brother-in-law, Chilik Frank. And when he was 15 years, he came to me and I gave him the, to listening the old records of Dave Taras in before, 400 years ago. And then I saw my, I say, I say my sister married with him because hundreds of years after him, the world will, will be uh, talking about him. Now they have 14 children. Wow. For, yes. And he's very famous. Where are we right now? Now I'm in the top of the top of the best places from the klezmer in the hall in the Jerusalem. We have a, a basement. It's called Burstin's Klezmer Basement. Or in the Yiddish is Burstin's Kretschme. You know what's mean Kretschme? No. Oh, Kretschme is like the in the last few hundred years the the Jewish people in the, the most in the East Europe have in the middle of the way in the between the towns between the you know they have a, they have a, a place drink in the evening and also they sleep in make weddings it's 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 like a hotel and bar and uh, that's when Kretschme so here is like this and now we go to be performing the Klezmertisch, usually like every Saturday night, five years we make it every Saturday in... What is a tish? Tish is a table. But the, you know, in the, the big rabbis in the Hasidic world, after the, the meal at the event of, in the event of Shabbat, so the all the Hasidim coming to the rabbi and sit together and drink something and, and singing uh, warm uh, Hasidic uh, songs, and that does mean tish. Yes, and that's what it means, klezmer tish. Okay. How is this tish different or special? It's special because we're keeping the authentic songs. That is the first. We're keeping the authentic songs, the authentic way 
how to songs the in how to playing that and the second thing that is a difference because it's open for around the world people they're not Jewish people are not religious never kind it's they coming in and feeling like in the tish and uh, I said if we are not a filler in the roof we are a filler in the basement <laughs> but I hope that one day the government or some people they they can recognize in this uh, they will build for the klezmer Kimitzion Tetze Torah. From Jerusalem comes the Torah and the music is a part of the Torah. I hope, because a lot of groups from Europe, they're not Jewish, they're coming here and sleep here and live here a few days. And we, we play together and performing and when we come to the, their uh, states also, we sleep there. And we, it's a, a, a very interesting connection between the music even we are ultra-orthodox and not Jewish, but the music is all languages is in the music. Why is that important to you? Because the world, the world without the really Jewish klezmer in, 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 in Yiddish, they're less something, uh, not something, there's something they can, they can bring the peace and balance of the world. How? How? We have experience about it. Yeah, one day we have a uh, um, performing in Frankfurt in the Yom Atzmaut from Israel. Mm-hmm. And Independence Day. Independence Day, yes. And then was so the group from uh, they they protest against our um, uh, Yom Atzmaut in Frankfurt. This was at the street. So one of us, Jonathan, he's a special man. He speaks a lot languages. He's a happy man. He talked with them with Arab. In he talked with them in Arabic? In Arabic, yes. Okay. And then they come inside and dance with us. Then I saw the power of happy, really original music. Where are you from? Where do you live? I'm Asharim in Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood? <laughs> My mother comes from a family from, from America. They come from Germany before the Holocaust. They, and then you know Barry Mandel. He's the he makes the films with uh, Steven Spielberg. He's a cousin, and also my my mother's brother is also an actor, uh, Abe Abe Mandel. But my father is uh, from the ultra orthodox. His his father, my grandfather, came from Poland 90 years ago, when he was uh, 20 years with uh, two children, and he built a family, uh, Hasid Breslev, and he live in the old city. And then we go uh, live in Measharim. And four years ago, when he uh, passed away, he lived more of a thousand children and grand and grandchildren in the world. Your grandfather left over a thousand children yes. and grandchildren? Yes. Ramose Burstin. He was a special, special, highest Hasidic in his. Hasid, in he have a, you know, he's working, he's, he's, he was a man. Okay. For people who don't know, who've maybe never heard of Mea Sharim, what is this neighborhood like? Mea Sharim is the extreme ultra-orthodox neighborhood in the world. It is in Mea Sharim. But we are Hasidic Breslev. Breslev Hasidic, they have a different kind of, of uh, view of the religious in connection with God, in connection with people. And one of the most important things in Breslev is to, the, the singing. <laughs> Oi, 
Shalom Aleichem, the biggest, biggest writer in Yiddish. Every day, five or six years, every day, I read his books. What's the difference between the Yiddish that you speak in the Hasidic community and the Yiddish of Shalom Aleichem, the old Yiddish of the literature that we read? The really Yiddish, they was talking before the Holocaust. Not, they didn't mix so much... Uh, uh, the, the language from the other other people in their countries. Today, the Yiddish is in America is Yiddish, but but maybe 20 or 30 percent is English, and in and the Yiddish in the today in Israel is mixed in Hebrew, and also little Arab. That's the difference. But the the, the Yiddish of Shalom Aleichem is also mixed in Russia, mix a lot of words of Russia. Were you born here in Israel? Katamon uh, is the neighborhood. The uh, the um, people they go out from the old city in the '48 war in the Israel. Like my grandfather, they go to the Katamon. This was before uh, Arab uh, uh, neighborhood, and there I born. But when I was old, four or five years, my they left to Measharim, but not inside Measharim. It's uh, Musrara. So my house today is also near the house I was growing up. And I have four sides in my house, four directions. In each direction is the second people, second kinds of people. One is the Arabs. And when I look at the second window, I saw my Asharim. And the second window, I saw the Christians. So my house is in the center of Jerusalem, and I smell, look, and uh, taste every day all cultures and all uh, spirits. <laughs> and what's your relationship to all these different cultures? All the people that you see from your window? When I saw they, in Measharim they make some demo, the demonstrations and I didn't like it so much, I closed the window. When I saw the Arabs make the against the Jew, so I closed this window also. And then I, I looking in the mirror. <laughs> but uh, the relationship is like this. But Rabbi Nachman's way is not to demonstrate. His way is to look the goodness in each person in the world. Each creature, each, 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 and also in, in himself. And one of the way of this is the music. That's why I, I, I believe that the solution of the world will be when the world will listen to the really uh, song in the music, and that can make them together. Do you listen to other kinds of music? Like, do you listen to the Arab music? And uh, not so much, but uh, I listen with little Elvis Presley. Because I have a special uh, respect for him because he's, he's also a special, special singer, Elvis. He has a, a soul which is songs. Do you have a favorite uh, Elvis song? Uh, Margarita. Okay. Margarita. <laughs> you give it a Yiddish uh, flavor. Um, and yesterday, I know, but not from Elvis. I make it in Yiddish. Which one? Yesterday, from the... But my friend who brought me here, she told me that sometimes she comes with Arab people. How do they react to coming to this... Uh, this basement where you play the old Yiddish klezmer? Uh, 
The, like I said before, Rabbi Nachman says, the solution of the world will be with music and recognizing each his really place. And then he can recognize also the place of the nadir around him. And in the source, all the world is created for, for all. But when God gives the, the Torah, and then the people go into exile, it's, it's not in the, in, the, in the season like when King Solomon was uh, good with uh, all the other kings. King Solomon didn't fight every, every, uh, the, the other um, kings, you know. They, together, they, uh, from, from, uh, no, from, from some place, they, they sent, from Lebanon, they sent the, the wood for the Bet HaMikdash, for the Temple Man. That's the, the 40 years we have, 3,000 years ago, when King Solomon was king, was the best time of the Jewish nation. This is the example, a little example of what will be when the Messiah will come. When do you think the Messiah is going to come? The student of Rabbi Nachman says one time, my Messiah is coming. He was the, the way of Rabbi Nachman, uh, slowly, slowly. When a lot of times when we think about Hasidic people or Orthodox people, you think people who want to stay in their own culture, protect it, not be exposed to the whole world, and your kids are. So how do you think it affects them being here? I think the best way to education is if you, you, you give them the options to sow in other cultures, in other things, in other people, and, and then they choose because they want and they love UA, then that, that is the really way. So all my life I didn't uh, uh, give them uh, comments about the, the, the praying, yes, or, or like the uh, um, like mitzvot, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, doing the commandments? Yes. Only in the things it's dependent in between the behavior from one each other. Bein Adam lechavero, like Rabbi Akiva says, this is the source of the Judaism. It's how we act with each other. Yes, exactly. And uh, I have I have three sons. In every son, he's uh, different in his uh, life. One loved the Sephardim, and to be like the how I say this, if you know the Nanach, and, and it's okay. In one is like a Hasidi Orthodox uh, extreme. He loves all the songs of the, he like the, and in pray and he goes also the dress like the, and when you see him here, he's more modern, without a beard, but, but he keeps Shabbat in Flynn, you know? It's a Democrat Breslev uh, Hasidic house. This is Sarah Minna Gordon of Yiddish Princess, and you are listening to Shtetl on the Shortwave.
We're back on Shtetl Middle East on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. The beautiful voice that you're hearing right now is Gaya Su Akiol, a Turkish indie musician who played in Tel Aviv last week as part of Soundports, a music and art festival which took place in both Tel Aviv and Istanbul simultaneously. In a minute, we'll hear from Amit Hevroni, one of the producers of Soundports, about the implications of a festival put on by two countries who don't exactly have the best of relationships. terms of first of all the like the underground or the indie scene in both cities are very is very equivalent like the young people are very in the same mind plus all the history of the you know the 60s and 70s music in Israel and Turkey Turkish music influenced what was happening here then yeah Istanbul Tel Aviv music festival let's do it What is the relationship right now between uh, Israel and Turkey? Um, so it all started uh, like f really with the Marmara, like all the story of uh, the boat that came from Turkey uh, to Gaza. And this was like a break in the relationship and everything that happened with their uh, minister, minister of foreign events that came here and was treated in a very bad manner. And, and then actually like the building of the Turkish embassy in Tel Aviv was pretty much empty for five years and and Jem the the, the diplomat that you saw um, actually came here about five months ago and it's the first he's not an ambassador he's not like in the state of ambassador but he's like the highest rank of diplomat that has been 
situated in Israel for the last couple of years. So it was like the beginning of, okay, the situation is getting better, I think. But it's still, again, like really all his um, uh, desire to help us with the festival was very delicate. Like, I really want to help you, but I cannot give you money. I will be in the event, but I will not make a speech. You know, like, I want to do things, but it's still under the radar. So, um, but it was there and it was really nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, do Israelis now go visit Turkey? I remember as a kid that, like, everybody used to go to Turkey for, you know, families, like family traveling everybody used to go and there was a joke that Israelis Israeli tourists behave like you know the worst and they take you know they used to take things from hotels the joke was you know it began with like soaps or towels and then there was one story and really I was I think eight years old there was a story about a guy who took a sink from out like you know you know it was like the 90s people really didn't know how to behave I think <laughs> like so it was really a destination and it's not that common to go to to Istanbul and like and again the the families will say I'm not going there they're anti-semitic they hate us you know they're and and really in Turkey not a lot of love to Israel because of the occupation and they really you know are taking let's say the Palestinian side or um, but our, like, you know, us young people kind of really started to go to Istanbul as, um, you know, as people are going to Berlin or, you know, Barcelona for music. And so, yeah, you know, a, a destination of music and nightlife and crazy. And, and a, a lot of people from Turkey apparently come visit here as well. Um, yeah, again, it's... It's so in our, you know, our bubble of people like free-minded, liberal, you know, people obviously who know that, for ex let's really speak about Israel and Turkey, that know that, for example, we hate Bibi as much as they hate Erdogan and we are and, you know, love music, arts, culture, whatever. And of, of course they will come to Tel Aviv, it's the best city really, it's like one of the best cities. We have the beach and sun and amazing music and amazing clubs. Like we will go to Istanbul without thinking about, oh they hate us as Israel. If we're already talking about Tel Aviv and Istanbul mm -hmm. in the spectrum of Turkey and Israel and it's really interesting because our festival was, you know, the title was Istanbul and Tel Aviv as like exemplary of two places that are so similar in the vibe in the mu like in the desire of creating good things and seeing it in the in the bigger spectrum really of like the countries we live in and i I always hated people that say, oh, Tel Aviv is so good and it's the best, but lately and ever since like the stabbing and Israel becoming so right-wing and I'm exaggerating and, and I know I'm generalizing, but I really feel I wish Tel Aviv could be a separate kind. And I know it's so, um, how do you say, um, 
elitist. Yeah, I, I feel shitty when I say it, but really, you know, it's, it's good here and it's beautiful here. And I feel that most of the people think like I think. And outside is just a lot of hatred, ignorance, you know, people who want to keep on hurting the Palestinians because of they hurt and instead of understanding that occupation create makes people uh, act in a violent way because they have no other alternative I'm not you know glorifying stabbing but of course this is what they will do and here I feel there is much more tolerance or even a way here in Tel Aviv yeah then in Istanbul it's exactly the same. They, you know, what has become of Turkey is, um, it's really hard to see your country becoming more intolerant towards minorities and less diversified, um, which is something we honored once. Even after the Marmara uh, incident, I guess it was in 2010, even though there was a really difficult relationship, artists and cultural people and intellectuals still kept going back and forth between uh, Turkey and uh, Israel. And even though there was a terrible uh, relationship in many ways, there's never been BDS there. If an Israeli band goes and plays abroad, it's usually a big issue. Was this not an issue for all the Israeli bands that just went and played in Istanbul? As I told you about the name, for example, like in the beginning there was a, a possibility of calling the festival ITMA, Istanbul, Tel Aviv, Music Arts, Music and Arts. And our Turkish colleagues, you know, they cannot have Tel Aviv in there in the main title like it was for them it was soundports so there wasn't BDS and I have to say that I wasn't completely not worried about an incident like I'm very relieved that nothing like really um, bad happened uh, and also no artist refused to come here um, for the shows and because it's something else. I think I feel like BDS is so much more um, Western and detached. And uh, Turkey is again. It's like so close that it's not BDS. It's just it will be like a general uh, disagreement or I don't know. It's a thought I need to process. I never thought about it. Like why there is no BDS, but indeed so much. Um, hatred. I think we all felt we're doing, as I told you before, it's also like good music, blah, okay, it's nice, but um, a little bit bigger, maybe, than just music. 
as Gaia Suakul wrote in her, uh, she wrote a beautiful Facebook post a day after the show that she had, uh, she was very excited all throughout the show, like almost crying. And after the show, I saw her in the artist room and she was really on the verge of, she had tears in her eyes and she said, going back to Istanbul, she wrote, she wrote about her powerful experience in Tel Aviv and, you know, and fuck the governments. You know, it's like, I think it's so powerful to have, again, as I said, you're doing your thing. We're all, I don't know, musicians, artists, you know, we do musical production, whatever. But uh, you feel it's something bigger, you know, like she wrote about her experience in the show and then fuck the governments because it's really feeling that we disagree with so much that is happening and and we're not activists you know you will not go to protest we're doing what we can do in our field and even if it's i don't know we had 26 artists coming here and it's and 15 artists going there and it's this is it this is our activism i don't know just um to show that creating a different reality like in our reality in these four days there was nothing wrong about these two cultures mm-hmm. it was like okay yeah Turkish people here Israeli people there you know by the way there was a, a show of Omar Suleiman on Saturday in Istanbul Omar Suleiman is a Syrian guy and Fortuna Records which is a, a musical quartet of DJs in Israel like serious music people was the opening act like an Israeli DJ group opening for Omar Suleiman people told me that in the crowd were you know Turkish and a lot of Israelis that were there and and Syrian and Arabs and they were all just ecstatic um, yeah and again like I'm, I'm not hippie about it I don't think we're changing anything you know, Bibi will keep on being an asshole and Israel will continue to be righty and even get more to the right and Turkey as well and ISIS is, you know, above all of us and like the world is, the world is a shitty place. But um, I don't know, like to create a different reality even for these four days, like, yeah, nothing wrong. There was a stabbing two days before. A day after, 25 people were killed in Ankara. You know, like, we didn't change anything. The stabbing still happened, the, you know, Ankara, and there will, I'm sorry to say, but there will still be bombing in Ankara and in, and in Tel Aviv. But, uh, you know, we try to do our best to change it, even again, like, for these four little days. You can find out more about the Soundports Festival and check out all the music from the event at soundports-tlv.com. This next short interview was recorded on the train ride to Ramleh, 
with choreographer Aharona Israel. Aharona was on her way to teach dance to young girls at a Christian Arab school in the mixed Arab-Jewish city of Ramleh. And along the way, between bites of her lunch, she tells us about Marathon, a performance piece she's bringing to Montreal's My Theatre this April 1st and 2nd. In a very short time, you're going to be heading to Montreal. Right. What, what are you going there for? We're going with a performance I made a few years ago called Marathon. It's a physical theater and a dance space. It's a trio, uh, two men and a woman. Um, the piece called Marathon because the three characters are actually running in circle for an hour during the, during the performance and their exhaustion and difficulties are actually very authentic and they're part of the piece. It is a metaphor for life in Israel, from my perspective. Uh, and in a way you can say they are trapped in this circle, they have no way out and they keep running till exhaustion. Would you elaborate on the metaphor? Yeah, it got very, very clear to me when I lived in Europe. Uh, the pace of life is more relaxed there. And in Israel especially, I feel there's a sense of alertness that people carry all the time because of the, um, you can say, condition we are living at and all the political tensions. And Martin, in a way, is protesting. It's a gentle protest, you can say, about this. Um, it doesn't get into the themes of the conflict, but it's more like trying to point and say, hey, what are we doing to ourselves first? Um, I can talk about also to what we're, are we doing to other populations, but I wanted to make a piece for Israeli people. And I do feel like we are, we are stuck in, in certain conflict in, around certain themes within ourselves, and we don't find way out since many years. And so we keep paying price for the stubbornness of like insisting on keep going. Um, well, of course, it also touched the um, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, but I do feel it touched also issues like some themes that the Israeli character was developed or like based on. And so we kind of gather some ideals of how we need to live here or how do what are what are society ideals for like being a good Israeli let's say and we killing ourselves on it and I, I question that and um, you know it's been um, almost 50 years for the Israeli uh, Palestinian conflict and it doesn't seem like it's going somewhere like it just doesn't seem like <sighs> Um, we are making any progress and so it's like being trapped and I do want to say that it's not a piece about the conflict it's more a piece about uh, let's say Israeli society and the wounds of Israeli society so actually these three figures the more they run the more they get exhausted uh, the more like what they're trying to hide is coming up so actually themes like war bereavement, immigration, how foreigners live here, um, uh, kibbutz life, 
these are like things that comes up during the piece. I found myself running to be near you but I don't know you not like they think they do though I don't think they really do and everyone has a ship to sail on the same sea and that's hard to do when you've got the rising sun and the setting sun in bed with you Everybody thinks they know your mind Everybody thinks they know your heart Everybody thinks they know what's past Nobody knows what's next I found myself running To keep up with your steps Today's episode of Shtetl is a bit like a marathon itself. We've gone from a Hasidic klezmer basement to hearing about a poor desert town on the border of Gaza to South Tel Aviv, Ramleh, and even Istanbul. It's hard to see how one can talk about the Messiah, the occupation, and hemorrhoid cream all in one show, but hey, that's Israel and Palestine for you. So thanks for tuning in to Shtetl Middle East on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. If there's anything you want to comment on, whether ideas you agreed or disagreed with, please comment on Shtetl's Facebook page or on the website at shtetlmontreal.com, where you can also find a list of all the music played on the show today. Thanks to Avram Burstein, Joseph Dadun, Amit Havroni, and Aharona Israel. We'll be back soon with another episode of Shtetl Middle East. In the meantime, enjoy this song by Syrian legend Omar Suleiman, the one who played in Istanbul last week. This is called Warni Warni.
من الهوى والميه صفيرني بلاها قالوا لي بدنا نجوزك مقدار اصبر بلاها قالوا لي بدنا نجوزك مقدار اصبر بلاها مثل الهوى والميه شي صفيرني بلاها Smile. <laughs> 